right, welcome back to the 24 Podcast. This is episode thir- uh, 18, and this is the unofficial podcast for Fox's award-winning show 24. And um, again, my name is Joshua Rivers, and we have Mark Sievercroft with us again. Hey, hi guys. How are you doing, Mark? I'm super. You know what's awesome today, Mark? What? We're recording on your birthday. I knew you were going to bring that up. Yeah. Yes, yes, we are. Happy birthday belated to me when everybody listens to this. Yeah, so now the millions of people in the world. <laughs> I'm going to get happy, this I'm gonna get happy birthdays <laughs> twice. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank yeah, you, Josh. I appreciate that. Hey, not nothing, a, I'd, nothing I'd rather be doing on my birthday than talking about 24. That is an awesome thing to do. Except for maybe taking a vacation to some exotic place. But in lieu of that, let's talk about 24. <laughs> yes, definitely. Uh, I mean, this week... Um, or the since, since the last episode, uh, Twitter has blown up um, yes. over the show, and so um, the main or one of the main reasons is because of our correspondent Joel. Uh, yeah. He he was able to get an interview on the blog with James Morrison, who we all know as Bill Buchanan, and right. so great interview there. If you did not get to read that yet. Go to the uh, blog and be able to look and get that. And so the24podcast.com, and you can be able to read that. And so a fantastic interview there. And definitely feel free to leave your comments there as well. We'd love to be able to get some interaction uh, there as well. And so that was good. You know, one of of my favorite parts about that interview, and I I tweeted this as well, is Joel asked uh, James why he thought um, Bill stayed around so long. And he said, well, you know, I think he was a good character, blah, blah, blah. And then he goes, plus, he's a snazzy dresser, and that always helps. And I completely agree. The guy was always, he was dressed to the nines all the time. Guy looked yeah, good. he was. And and it's cool that this hap- this blog came out, or this interview came out when it did, because this week is when Bill enters 24, is what we're going to be talking about, that segment, when we yes. when we meet Bill Buchanan for the first time. So that's good timing, Joel. Way to go. And, and thank you, uh, Mr. Morrison, as well, for... Being willing to do that, we really, really appreciate it. And hopefully, maybe we can get him on the, the podcast, too. That'd be cool to, to visit with him there as well, maybe for a later season or something. Yeah, uh, I sent him an email, and so hopefully Sweet. we can be able to coordinate something like that. I mean, if nothing else, maybe just get a couple minutes to be able to talk with him. Right. And so that would absolutely be fantastic. Yeah. And so uh, something else that hap- uh, got brought up on Twitter uh, this week that I took note of and um, – then I realized that I never actually mentioned this. Um, but anyway, something that was mentioned on Twitter is the fact that we have a global audience. Yes. Um, and we do. And, and we've mentioned the fact of that we know that we have listeners in um, Europe, specifically in the UK. And then we know that we have listeners down in Australia. And so, and of course, you know, we have listeners across the United States. Um, but we really do have a huge um, audience in Senegal in West Africa. Really? So West huh. Africa loves us. That's awesome. Um, in fact, we have almost twice as many listeners in Senegal as we do in the United States. <laughs> really? That's awesome. That, uh, that, that kind of flips me out as, I, as I'm looking through this. In fact, let me just go ahead and list these off here. Um, the number one country is Senegal. Wow. That's over 6,000 downloads. The United States has about 3,500 Come on, uh, Jerry, U.S., yeah. let's go. Come on. <laughs> yes, U.S., share, share this with your friends. Right. But uh, but no, no, I, I, I'm, I, I, this is just fantastic. It is so cool. Um, 
And then we have Algeria, which is also in West Africa. That was about 3,000 downloads there. And then Mali, I wow. believe that's West Africa as well. Um, yeah, right there. Actually, right in between Senegal and Algeria is Mali. Uh, and so that's about 1,600. And Nigeria has 1,100. And then there's Yemen, Morocco, Ivory Coast, uh, Guinea, Angola, Pakistan, and then you, the United Kingdom. Come on, United Kingdom. Let's go. And so, uh, so I mean, we have this huge audience in Africa. I didn't even realize it until uh, I was looking through the stats not too long ago. That's awesome. So I'm actually going to go ahead and try Thank to have— Thank you, Senegal. I'm going to have a copy of the map um, yeah. that I can see here. And so it shows the different— um, all the different countries. And so the dark blue shows where there's the highest amount of downloads. And then there's kind of a medium blue and then there's lighter blues. And so all these different shades. And so you can see uh, where all the different people are um, listening from. Can we, uh, can I make a request? Sure. So I, I was actually, I kind of, I started by happenstance that uh, it's hashtag 24 worldwide. Like I did that was I was talking I think her name's Manuela I think is who who it was I was talking to and and um, I think it'd be cool Josh if if everybody that's listening to twenty four if they have Twitter tweet us and uh, tell us you listen to the show and use that hashtag twenty four worldwide that'd be kind of cool and and let us know where you're at and uh, yeah that'd be kind of neat to see that would be cool so yeah let's and, do uh, it let's I guess. Do it. Uh, Yes, definitely. And, there, and uh, talk about that. Go ahead and uh, follow us on Twitter. And so the official podcast Twitter is uh, at the 24 podcast. Very convenient to be able to remember that. And so follow us there. Um, last I looked, we were approaching 200 followers there. And so we'd love to be able to see that shoot up and be able to broaden our reach and also uh, definitely share about these episodes. Uh, yes. So it seems like all you guys are keep coming back and so yep. um share this with uh, on, on twitter on facebook and all the different places and so share this help spread the word even more we definitely appreciate that and so especially as we get into january january is when they're going to be starting all the shooting um over in the uk and so and by filming we mean shooting and film or shooting we mean shooting and actual shooting filming yes. and shooting yeah, shooting and shooting. Probably. I mean, maybe there's not going to be shooting in the new episode, but I would guess there probably what? is. I, I would guess would there have, probably is. Yeah, that, <laughs> it wouldn't be 24 if there wasn't shooting and bombs That's right. exploding. That's right. And Jack yelling. Yes. <laughs> uh, anyway, so, yeah, so a lot, of, a lot of cool stuff happening there. And so definitely excited about the worldwide audience that uh, has started to follow us. Can I make a note too? Like I sounded surprised because Josh has not told me this before. So when I sounded surprised that so many people in West Africa were listening to us, I really was surprised, folks. I, I had no <laughs> idea until Josh just kind of sprung this on me, just like he sprung it on you. So it's exciting. I'm excited about it. It's kind of cool. It made it made me smile. Yeah. Well, we we, we didn't talk as much uh, uh, pre-show as we right. normally do. Uh, yeah. Kind of going with the uh, transparency that we kind of started. Okay. Um, about some of the behind the scenes. Actually, the last couple episodes, uh, well, we mentioned before that a lot of times that we record the episodes in two parts. Uh, the last several we've actually done in one shot, um, yep. which is actually kind of cool to be able to be able to right. do that. Yeah. But then, um, uh, but uh, but the last week, 
uh, we got to talking so much beforehand, we ran out of time to <laughs> actually record the episode. And so this week we just kind of talked for just a jumped couple in. quick minutes and jumped in. And so I didn't get right. to tell them to him. But anyway. Right. <laughs> it's exciting. I was excited. So that was real surprise, folks. Nothing fake here. Yeah, and so yeah, so last week uh, we talked about the first part of season four. Right. And so we just kind of skimmed the surface really in the first part, just kind of set it all up. Uh, this week we'll be covering a lot of the middle part, and then next week we'll come back and cover the ending. And then we have a couple uh, uh, the couple different things that we're going to be trying here um, after that. And so you definitely want to stay tuned to that, have some special guests and things like that. It's a special episodes, and so stay right. tuned to that for the during the Christmas and New Year's time. Yep, the holiday season. And so, ready to get into it, Mark? Let's go. All right, I got a clip here to get us started, too. Previously, I'm 24. You killed Tariq. You can't let Paul know. He wants me dead because I messed up with Debbie. You ordered Tariq to kill him, to kill our own son. Nothing will stand in the way of what needs to be done. Not him, not you. Your father is following us. What? It was the only way I could save you. I think I got it. This is really it. I can turn off the override and stop the remaining plans from melting down. did the best I could, so I hope it works. So do I. Edgar, what's going on? Why are some of the reactors still not shutting down? Six of the reactors are immune to the kill sequence. Contact Bauer. Either he finds the people responsible for planning the override, or we're looking at a nuclear holocaust. Bauer and Rain's turned about five minutes ago. Where'd they go? Elstead Security. You're going to need the settings up on your end. When Jack Bauer and Audrey Rains are killed, CTU is going to know that someone inside leaked their location. Divert suspicion. Device maintains heat levels within the reactor. They can melt down every one of those power plants. The man you saw when you were being held captive. Right now, he's our only lead. Stop there. I think that's him. They're trying to seal us off. Shouldn't we call CTU? No. CTU's got to be compromised. That's the only way they'd know we were here. And who are you calling? The only person I can trust right now. Do you know how much that makes me smile to hear Tony, him yell Tony? Yeah, that is awesome. <laughs> I love it. I was getting all goose pimples, getting all excited. Because I'm like, oh, he's going to yell Tony. He's going to yell Tony. So that's where we left off last time. Yeah. Was uh, that firefight. You know, obviously they're trying to, to figure out who it was that Audrey had recognized. And then, you know, they get attacked by these commandos. And Tony saves them. Yeah. He calls Tony. Because, I mean, who else would you call? Yeah. Forget Ghostbusters. Who are you going to call? Yeah, exactly. Tony Almeida. Exactly. <laughs> so um, Tony gets him out of there, and then they end up going back to Tony's house, right? Yeah. And basically Jack says, you know, I need a I need a landline and, you know, a, a paperclip and a piece of bubble gum. No, he doesn't say that. That's <laughs> MacGyver. Dang it. <laughs> um, but anyways, he says, you know, I need to upload this information to a CTU, and nobody at CTU can know that we're okay because – he realizes that the only way that that happened was somebody at CTU had leaked this information. Right. Um, so they go to Tony's house. They realize that, um, you know, Tony's <laughs> sleeping with somebody, and they have to have a little conversation with her about, hey, don't tell anybody, and don't call, and don't leave. And 
she's not real happy about that, but yeah. And then you have Tony drinking a beer and, you know, basically, you know, woe is me and I'm, my life sucks and my wife left me and I was considered a traitor and I went to jail and, but at the same time you can tell that, you know, it, it seems like you can tell, and maybe, maybe you see it differently, Josh, but it seems like you can tell that Tony misses it. He misses being in the game. Yeah, definitely. And so, and, and so, uh, so I mean, he was having that front of like, Hey, I just want to forget it. I just want to, I just want to do my own thing, but you could right. see that he was wanting to get involved. And so, I mean, obviously he responded right. very quickly to Jack when he called and then, um, and then when, uh, Audrey leaves and Jack is uh, going to follow a lead on his own, Tony's like, yeah, I can't let you go out there by yourself. I'm not going to let you, I'm not, I didn't save your life. So just, so you could die again. Right. And so, and so he does that. And of course, then from there, he just continues to help and ends up, uh, uh, down the road, kind of starting to work for CTU again a little bit. Right. Actually gets, uh, we'll get into it, but he actually gets appointed as interim director. Yeah, very so very quick uh, through the line of progression. I was going to say, that's <laughs> a, a rise to power by golly. But so they, you know, they get there and then the Secret Service shows up and, and takes um, Audrey back to CTU. And then Jack's like, well, I'm going to go, you know, try to find this guy that we ID'd. And uh, asked Tony if he wants to go, and Tony's not like, no, nah, dude, I'm done. I, I I don't want any more. I helped you. That's it. And Jack's like, okay, fine. And he's like, wait. It's like, dang it. I can't just – and I think the comment he makes is something to the extent of, I can't very well save you just to send you off to get killed again. So right. let's go. So then they go, and they, they capture the guy as he's getting ready to fly off in his helicopter. And uh, then they're getting ready to interrogate him, and Tony's getting ready to put him in the car or whatever, and he gets shot. And uh, you get the the trademark Jack or damn it at that point in time, <laughs> and uh, so it seems like every time they get close to a lead, what happens? Dang person gets shot. So yeah, they realize they realize there's more going on than just um, you know, the little bit. And and you heard in the intro there that um they have reactors. You know this thing that they got from the the uh the train. I don't know if we talked about it last week, but. Um, yeah, a little it, bit. It was a, a little bit. I think it was an override switch, right? An override switch for all mm -hmm. of the nuclear, nuclear. I want to say it right. Um, <laughs> reactors that in the country, right? And basically, they had taken them over and they were overheating them, so there'd be like this mass meltdown across the country. And so that's where you had uh, Edgar during the intro saying, you know, I'm trying to shut them down, and I think I can. And um, you know, they're they're fighting against time to be able to do that, um, as Jack's doing all of this other stuff. Yeah. So. So, um, anyways, they, uh, how do they find, they find out where Dina is and we know that Dina was shot by her husband. Beirut's had taken her to a hospital, um, to get some help. And then the doctor, which I think is standard procedure. If there's a gunshot, they usually call the police. I think that's a typical thing to happen. So anyways, they do that. Yeah. So they run from the hospital and they show up at, I think Dina's sister's house. I think it was. And, uh, Navi actually shows up and she ends up convincing Navi that they're not there. And uh, mm -hmm. so then Baruz is like, well, you need some help. And I'm going to go talk to your, I think it was her, her brother, right? At the hospital and right. um, get some pain meds for her. So he goes over there and starts talking to his uncle. And his uncle, you know, worried, wondering what's going on, calls Navi, which of course is the worst thing that could happen in that point in time. Right. And um, because the uncle is actually outside of this and kind of oblivious yeah. to. The yeah. whole situation. 
Yeah, and he finally he finally tells his uncle when his uncle says, "Hey, you know, I I found out about your problem." Because Navi says, "Oh, you know, Baruza's in the drugs, and we've tried not to tell anybody. We're really embarrassed, and you know, makes this whole BS up." Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know, Baruza is like, "No, you don't understand. My my father, we're all we're part of the whole terrorist thing today. My father's a terrorist, and you know, he's gonna come and kill me. He's tried to kill me. He shot my mom, and and he's like, no, no, you're you're lying. You know, that didn't really happen. And he chases him through the hospital, goes around a corner, and his dad's standing there." Mm-hmm. And the uncle's like, "Hey, you know, I tried Navi. I tried to stop him. He's talking crazy." And then he's like, "Oh, thanks." And then he shoots him. <laughs> so, yeah. at, at this point, by this time, Jack and uh, Tony and Agent Castle, um, who is kind of a recurring CTU agent, he's been in it quite a bit. I'm, I'm noticing. Uh, find Dina, and I can't. Didn't they trace a phone call or something? I can't remember what it was, but anyways, they found him yeah. somehow, and uh, they catch Dina. And uh, Dina says he went to the hospital, you know, calls calls Baruz and says, I'm coming to get you. And this was before his dad got him. And um, so they're heading to the hospital to pick him up. And that's when his dad catches him. And then, you know, it starts this whole, I think Jack gets hit by the car as they're trying to leave. And, you know, they end up, Navi ends up dragging Baruz to the basement. And the whole dilemma is, you know, the only way Dina's helping them is if Baruz is safe. And right now, Baruz is with his father, who's a psychotic terrorist. Right. Not not not, not psychotic, I guess, just out of his mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just is willing to do just about anything. So anyways, he, they, he runs to the basement, which I think he was just trying to buy time or something, but um, gets cornered. Jack, like, sneaks down this elevator or this uh, air vent and uh, in the process of, you know, takes down Navi and then he's well he's getting ready to uh cuff him and Baru shoots him and it's like really really dude yeah you understand at that point Baru's is like I don't I don't want to ever talk to my dad again but it's like really we could have used him (laughs) we could have got some information from him but anyways not our Baru's is safe Navi's dead we have another link to um uh what is his name uh what's his first name I can't think of it the bad guy Marwan Marwan, yes. Habib. Habib, Habib Marwan, yes. Yes, so there's another link to him that's dead. But uh, they get Dina to basically, you know, give him some information. And, and uh, they push, they end up pushing Baruz a little bit later pretty far, you know, and, you know, torturing him and whatnot. And uh, basically he convinces them that he doesn't know what's going on. Um, so, let's see. Is this, this is where they find out that... Um, what was it? McLennan Forrester? Isn't that the name of it? Was in- Yeah, well. Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, well the guy that Jack and Tony were tracking down, they found out that he had been previously a contractor with McLennan Forrester. Right. And so that led them to go back and try to um, look into them again because McLennan Forrester was the one that had developed the override in the first right. place. And, um, and so... Um, and so when their name came back up again because of this guy, like, well, right. maybe they're behind this or maybe they got some information. And so uh, they went to follow up on that. Um, and somewhere in the process, too, um, Paul's name came up, Audrey's husband. Right. And so Jack went to interrogate him mm-hmm. using Audrey to keep him from leaving. Mm-hmm. And so, and Audrey's there while Jack is torturing. And so, uh, just imagine that I, I mean, that the dynamic there that was just incredible. 
And well, so and it, here's Audrey yeah. with her husband and her new boyfriend who's torturing her husband. Right. Right. And so she's trying to figure out her feelings in all of this, too. Yeah. And later on, you know, she talks to her dad about that, about how it was a totally different person. You yeah. Know, and she's not sure how to basically I'm not sure how to process this. I've never seen this side of Jack. Because, I mean, right. Jack rips rips a, uh, the wire out of a lamp and uses the lamp wire, you know, the, the plug-in to, <laughs> to, you know, electrocute him, basically. So, you know, yeah, so that's a that's a weird dynamic because, you know, she's trying to figure out what's going on there. And, and Paul, basically, doesn't he say he's got some information on his computer? Mm-hmm. Um, and he says, basically, because it was the safe house they were using was under a, na- under a company that he was on the board of directors for or something, or he's a C. CFO, I think. Yeah. And um, anyway, so they uh, they find they find this leak to McLennan Forrester. No, they don't. Ha- they don't find a link there. But anyways, they do find this link, and by the by the time they find a link, Curtis has already taken Marianne, who was a traitor, um, to McLennan Forrester. Right? Was it to McLennan Forrester? No, it wasn't to McLennan Forrester. There was this building that they were at. And she was like, oh, I have all this information I can get. You know, we kept it as an insurance policy in case anything happened, blah, blah, blah. Well, they get there, and it turns out that it's a trap. And so yeah. Marianne gets shot. She's like, oh, I didn't tell him anything. Don't worry. And then they shoot her. And he's like, good, and then shoots her. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then uh, they take Curtis hostage, and um, then Jack comes and saves him. But Marwan gets out somehow. Oh, that's right. He right. like he's in a crowded office and fires some gunshots and sneaks out because they didn't know what he looked like at that point. They had no picture of him. Right. Um, so he ends up sneaking out with with the override and isn't quite able to finish the meltdown that he wanted, I think. And that's how, you know, Edgar was able to to finally stop it was well, Jack gets the override. That's right. Was it Jack? Yeah, cuz it was attached to right. the computer there right. and so Jack through Edgar's help was able to Shut him down. Be able to get that taken care of, yeah. But Marwan gets away, so doggone it again. Ugh. Gets away, and um, so then they start following up on this McLennan Forrester lead. And Paul says, you know, if, if you're going to be looking at computer stuff, you know, take me with you. You know, I can help. Which I think at that point in time, he's trying very hard to make sure that they realize I'm not a terrorist. Because he wasn't. Right. I, I, I was a little bit, I don't know about you, Josh, but I was a little bit iffy on him for a while there. I'm like, right. you no, know, he might be involved. You know, he's kind of because he was acting pretty belligerent when he was being tortured. So yeah, he like, was. Yeah, he might have something to do with this. But to his credit, he uh, he went and he helped Jack, and they show up there and they're talking very nicely to uh, the folks there at McLennan Forrester, and they're like, oh yeah, we'll help you with whatever you need. You know, what you, where? Let's go ahead and look at it. But then you see the conversation with them when Jack and Paul aren't there. That it's like, hey, they're going to find stuff and they're going to realize apparently they'd been selling guns or selling weapons to terrorists or something or. Yeah, definitely some illegal activity going on in the background and they didn't want them right. to find any of that. Well, um, and I, and and I, so, don't, I don't know if all of it was illegal, but it was stuff well, that would take down the company. I mean, it, it's stuff that would be a black mark on them for sure. Yeah, And there's probably both. There's probably illegal, obviously, right. but but obviously some in any event, it was going to destroy the company. And they had that conversation that, hey, do you want them to destroy the company? So Paul's looking at stuff and they're watching them on video and they're trying to block everything that, you know, trying to delete things and block things so they can't find them. And, you know, Paul actually is is useful at this point in time and is good and actually recreate some of the deleted files and 
and uh, they're getting ready to print some stuff off. And basically, I think it was the head of security tells the head of McLennan Forrester, hey, we've, we've got to do this now. We've got to, they had a, a an EMP that they'd been testing. And um, what an EMP is, is, you know, it fries everything electrical within, you know, whatever radius. And so they like start this sucker up and they're like, we're just going to destroy everything, you know, that way. Yeah, it'll suck for our company, but at least we won't be incriminated. Right. So they start this thing up and... At this point, you know, Edgar back at CTU is like, there's getting some weird, you know, we're getting some weird, uh, you know, was it like electric signatures or I don't know. I'm not technical at all. I have no idea what it was. But basically something was yeah, going weird. Some... And he's like, this isn't right. So he calls Jack and then the phone starts going out. And it's the pulse of this EMP charging up. And uh, they try to shut down the EMP. Jack goes to try to shut it down and doesn't get there in time. So you have what, like, I think it was like an eight mile radius. It was uh, huge. Yeah, that like the entire you know eight miles across of Los Angeles is just dead, you know everything electrical. And during this time, you know Paul's by himself as Jack went to go get the EMP. They capture Paul. He had hidden the stuff he'd printed out, and they're torturing him trying to get the stuff that he had. They knew he'd printed out something, and some of the stuff they did to him, like it made me cringe. I'm like, yeah, because they like slammed his fingers in like a door, and I'm just like, ow. I was like, that's worse than some of the some of the other torture stuff that's happened, at least to me, because it's like I've done that. <laughs> and I know yeah. how that feels. You know? <laughs> I don't know what it feels like to be electrocuted, but I know what that feels like. And it hurts. Yeah, so now to Paul's credit, I mean, he's not a military guy. Yeah. But I mean, for him to go through and and, and be as strong as he was during that, I mean, he a lot of credit needs to go to him for that. Right. Well, and, and as he's getting ready, as they're trying to get out, as Jack finds him, saves him, you know, kills all the guys, and they grab the information, and Jack's like, we got to go. And they get to the outside of the building, and Paul's like, I can't, I can't go any farther. You know, I can't not go any farther. And Jack sees these commandos that land in this helicopter. So it's like McLennan Forrester has their own private army, basically, that they've trained, you know, as, you know, right. contractor for the government that they're now using to try to find Jack and Paul because they have incriminating evidence. So they're going to leave. Paul's like, I can't go anywhere. And Jack's like, you don't have a choice. And <laughs> just drags him, you know. And, and like you said, to his credit, he does awesome. I mean, they uh, they sneak away and, and end up uh, end up getting in a shop, this sporting goods shop. And um, the two guys there are, are Muslim. But uh, they basically say, look, you know, all these people doing this stuff today, you know, We've put up with crap our entire lives. You know, we're we're blamed for stuff that we have nothing to do. We're good citizens, and, you know, we want to help be a part of the solution. And so they stage this, like, firefight with these commandos, these four guys, um, you know, against this trained military. And you have Jack, who's the only one that's trained at all as far as being, you know, fighting. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty intense. Yeah, I thought that was actually pretty cool, that, that whole um scenario yes. and so with i mean with, with every because i mean at this point in time i mean it's getting dark right. it's like six six seven eight o'clock at night and so i mean it's getting dark and of course there's no electricity so i mean so i mean that adds to the darkness i mean there's no street lights or anything ad, ad, adding to the light or anything like that so i mean they're trying to defend this little sports store or defend themselves in this sports store against these commandos in the pitch black basically right. And so, it, yeah, that, that was just pretty cool. And then the way that they enlisted the, um, uh, those guys at the store. Those guys were awesome. And that they were so willing. Right. And they were so willing to jump in and help. Right. After, 
And After so, they pulled a gun on Jack when he pulled came in, because obviously they'd well, they'd yeah. been looted. I mean, lights go out in a major city. That's what happens. People freak out. One, they either they freak out or they say, "Oh, this is an easy way to get some free stuff." So, you know, they they fired some shots right. at Jack and Paul before they went in, and then, you know, they ended, Jack took the gun from him because you know he's trained, <laughs> and <Right>. basically <laughs> threatens them. And then you know they end up saying, "No, no, we'll help you." You know, we we're on your side and whatnot. And Paul tra- and Jack tries to get him to leave, and they won't leave. Like no, this is this is yeah. all dad left for us, and we and if our dad was alive today, he would he would stay here and fight. So we're gonna stay in. We're gonna help you. And um, yeah, I think the one gets shot. I think during that the firefight. But we uh we jumped ahead. We should jump back and talk about. It. Let's leave Jack right there, uh, preparing to fight, and jump back to a couple of these other things that we totally skipped over here that I'm just noticing. Yes. One we have uh, Aaron Driscoll who her daughter apparently has, was it like schizophrenia or bipolar disorder or yeah. something? And so yeah, probably a little she's both. having some, at least schizophrenia. Right, she's having some issues at home where she, and obviously this has happened before where she's like screaming at the neighbor child. So Aaron ends up, you know, having her, her daughter Maya brought to CTU, you know, to their clinic. So she can be, go talk to her and you know, whatnot. Well, it goes back and forth with Maya saying, let's just go home and you don't love me. And, and basically the whole, you know, being schizophrenic thing. And um, you re- you really start to feel for Aaron. I mean, I do. Because, you know, her daughter's just, let's go home, let's go home. And, and, you know, she's like, well, we're in the middle of a crisis. I can't just leave. And so she's doing her best to try to balance this whole, you know, I need to be there for my daughter, but, you know, I have this job to do and the whole country's counting on me. And, um, you know, they go back and forth a few times and, you know, she yells at the doctors a few times and, you know, there's one sad part where basically she asked the doctor to get her mom out of there. That she, I think she says, get that lady out of here. And basically is giving her the silent treatment, which it seems like she's done before, judging by how Driscoll reacts. You know, this is kind of a typical thing that she does. But right. she ends up, finally, she calms down and, and Aaron's like, you know, in a few hours we'll be able to go home, you know, and, and we'll be all right and everything. And she's like, okay. And then it turns out that she ends up committing suicide, you know, in the bathroom at the clinic. And the sad part for me is I, as I was watching this, I noticed, Josh, is the fact that they call Aaron in the middle of, I can't remember what was going on. I think it was the meltdown or something. Or is the operation when they're trying to catch Marwan. At some point, some really intense part, they basically tell Driscoll, hey, you know, the clinic needs to see you now. And she's like, not now. I have to, you know, I have to finish this. And that was when it had happened. And then when she finally is able to get there, you know, 10 minutes later or whatever, she, you know, walks in and asks what happened. And everybody's standing around her daughter in the bathroom you know, where she'd killed herself. And, you know, you just, as much as you didn't like Driscoll earlier in the season, you really feel for her at that point. And I, you know, it's just, it goes back to you again of the, I guess the strains that that, this job, you know, puts on people. So that was yeah, sad. And of course, uh, of course that tragedy, uh, I mean, she, she was just so shaken from that that um she was with uh ended up being in her office with heller and tony yep. going over some strategy and some different things that they were needing to do and she just couldn't focus she could she tried to stand up and she got dizzy and right. wasn't doing very good at all and and finally heller or uh tony called for a medical to come up they came up and they they, they and she's trying to shirk them off saying no i'm fine i'm fine i just got a little dizzy but i'm fine now and and like, no, here, how about you just go down, you just get get something to drink, a little bit to eat, kind of relax a little bit. You you need a rest. And so it, it's been kind of traumatic. I yeah. mean, you just, they didn't say it, but basically you just lost right. your daughter. And so, I mean, it's understandable. 
So just we can take. And care this, of this is when it led to when I was talking about last week when I was talking about Heller, and how you know impressed I was with him and the kind of man he was because that's the point where he sits down with Driscoll and basically says how you doing and she's like not good <laughs> and he's like nobody will fault you if you go home we can take care of this you know you know go home take some time you know and and that's where to me that's where where I really gained some huge respect for Heller because you're in the middle of a crisis and this is like your lead person at CTU. And his concern was for her welfare, you know, for her well-being. And, um, you know, basically said, hey, we'll make do. You know, we can do, we'll do it. You know, this is more important to you at this point in time. And I thought that was impressive. And I, I, I really respected it respected is. Heller for that. And then that's where we lead into um, Tony making his rise to power, <laughs> as it were. Um, and I can't remember, did, did Tony yeah. offer or did Heller? Yeah. I, here, let me oh, play the clip. Here. We'll see that. So uh, th this uh, clip comes right after Aaron is taken to go rest and relax. And so then um, um, Heller then tells Tony, hey, we need to get a replacement. And so this, anyway, here's the conversation. Excuse me, sir. Ms. Driscoll's replacement arrived. She just passed through security. Oh, sorry. Thank <laughs> that was the next one. Yeah, let me, let me try to see if I can get this yeah. right. She's going to need to be relieved of duty. Contact division. Alert them to the situation and tell them to send someone. I ran this office for two years. I could take over for Aaron on a provisional basis. Forget for the moment that you technically don't even work here. You've been away quite a while. You're not fluent with the new systems. With all due respect, sir, you don't need a programmer. What you need is a decision maker who knows how to stack up protocols. And you can do that? Yes, sir, I can. Fine, effective immediately. You're the interim director of CTU Los Angeles under my authority. I still want to contact district, have them send someone on a more permanent basis. I understand, sir. Love it. Love it. Yeah, absolutely. Dude, that, all... was, that was like a, that's a quintessential Tony line. With all due respect, sir. You don't need a programmer. You need a leader. I mean, basically, that's what he said. Look, you need somebody that knows how to lead, and I know how to do that. So right. Edgar can take care of the <laughs> all of the programming stuff. I'll take care of the let's lead and make the decisions. So, yeah. Definitely. So I mean, Tony rises to power, <laughs> and uh, yes, <laughs> the reign of Tony begins again, only to uh, very quickly be ended. I think within the same hour, actually. Yeah, it is. It's not very long. <laughs> so, and, and then, we, you know, we have that clip, too, where, you know, Tony had, I don't know if it was Tony, but somebody contacted Division, let him know what was going on, and they were sending over replacement. And um, that's where we have a clip for that, too, as well, right? Yeah, that was the one I accidentally played here. Let's go ahead and do before, it. So, but let's play it for real right. this time. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. Ms. Driscoll's replacement arrived. She just passed through security. Thank you. That was fast. We got lucky. Division had someone available with the appropriate qualifications and CTU experience. I understand. Tony, I want to thank you for filling in, and I'd like you to stick around and assist Miss Dessler. I'm sorry. Who? Michelle Dessler. Do you know her? This one she's walking in. Amazing, Mary. 
Wow. I'm listening. I'm listening to that, and I'm laughing. I mean, I'm sitting here laughing because, you know, he's like, I want you to assist Miss Dessler. I'm sorry, who? <laughs> you want me to do what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, I mean, it, I, I bet in Tony's mind that that was the, yeah. I mean, he didn't even right. think that they would send well, her. Well, and I think last he knew, wasn't she in, like, Seattle? She'd been moved to, like, the Seattle office or something. I think we find out later. And so, I mean, obviously they weren't really I on speaking so. terms yeah. because, you know, he was drinking and she was working and so on and so forth. But, right. Oh, that was such, that's such an awesome part. Love that part. <laughs> I'm sorry, who? Miss Dessler. Do you know, do you yeah. know her? <laughs> I used to be married to her. <laughs> Heller's just like, oh, hmm, it should be interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And of course, then the relationship, I mean, that, I mean, they're trying to, work right. together but it, it it michelle's like what in the world are you doing here right. and and so tony kind of has like the same idea and i mean there, it's just all this tension right. that that's there and so it, it's pretty intense right. so we are uh quickly running out of time again by golly jeez louise um so if we go back to jack he starts a firefight because he knows that they'll have to use their comms the commandos to communicate if they start a firefight and then that's when ctu picks them up and you have a little argument between tony and michelle about what should be done tony says hey they're going to be close to to mclennan forrester they wouldn't have got too far you know let's just station everybody there and and michelle says no let's put them around the perimeter well tony ends up being right and uh <laughs> but neither here nor there you know ctu shows up and helps them and you know you know puts everybody down kills everybody and as they're getting ready to leave, the one guy who was the head of security, you know, isn't quite dead, pulls a gun and gets ready to shoot Jack. And Paul, again, to his credit, not being a military guy, um, says, watch out, Jack, and pushes him out of the way and gets shot himself. And, um, you know, so Jack now has to tell his girlfriend that her husband has been shot trying to save him. So that, I guess, occupies Audrey's time for the next few hours. Um you know, yeah. worrying about him and then worrying about Jack and whatnot. They decide the best way to uh, try to, well, they get Dina to um, give him some more information and take him to another guy that knows Marwan. And basically, um, basically he, uh, the guy kind of tricks him. And um, the whole plan was that Dina was going to have a captive. You know, they got attacked as they were going back to CTU. And in the flail jack you know is wounded which he stabs himself which ow i mean oh. yeah, i know and even dina who's like prepared to die for her cause you know is like what are you going to do <laughs> he just like shoves a knife into his stomach you know and uh yeah so anyways it's he was <laughs> wounded and so she and then gives her right and gun. then gives her the gun <laughs> and so anyways um the whole thing is i have a hostage marwan's gonna want to see and you know, that leads to them, you know, switching vehicles as they're trying to go to Marwan and CTU loses them. And um, then Marwan decides that he needs to provide a distraction for what they're trying to do. And um, I think probably next week we'll get into what they're trying to do. Well, we have time. Do we have time to do that right now? Or Yeah, yeah. we'll probably wait. So we'll, we'll stop. Anyways, then, I guess uh... the, a good place to end for this week is the fact that, you know, Marwan basically says, I need to distract CTU. Um, and so he decides that, Hey, we're going to call CTU and we're going to tell them we have Jack and they end up killing Dina, which is sad. Kind of, I mean, I'm a little bit bummed about it. 
she turned out to be all right, I guess, for a terrorist. And yeah. <laughs> they kill her. They take Jack into custody, and basically they call CTU and say, hey, we'll trade you the boy for your agent. And Jack basically says, look, I'm expendable. They're not going to do this. And, um, you know, it, it turns out that they end up going through with this exchange, and it's to, you know, cover up what's going to happen next, what Marwan's next plan is, which I think probably is the next big thing he was planning. He had a few things. Yeah. He had a whole lineup of things that he was planning to do. So, but we'll get into that. Get into that next yeah. week. It doesn't it doesn't bear, you know, the five minutes that we have to to get into that at this time. But I think that's a pretty good middle section. Yeah, definitely. And so, I mean, this it's just really intense. And so, I mean, I had actually forgotten a lot of the neat things that happened in this season until I started rewatching it again, going right. back through all this stuff. And so there's a lot of pretty yes, cool stuff. There is. There's a lot to it too. You know, it's like, well, and we've talked about this before. I don't know why we keep re saying it, but there's like four episodes in or four seasons in one season. It's like, Oh, now they're doing this. Yeah. Oh, now they're doing this. It's like, that was this season. I find myself, Josh, as we're talking about yeah. this, it's like thinking back to what we talked about earlier in this season. And it's like, was that the same season? Dang, they throw a lot in here, but yeah. Anyways, <laughs> And it happens so fast too, and so, but yeah, and it's a lot of fun to talk about. I'm enjoying it. It is, it's awesome. But yeah, so uh, so anyway, uh, we'll we'll stop there. And uh, in the meantime, um, we would love for you to be able to come to uh, the podcast or to the website, excuse me. And so uh, again, check out the um, blog post there, especially the interview with um, James Morrison. And so, and I know Joel is working on trying to line up some others. And so, um, definitely excited about the work that he's doing with that. And hopefully we'll be able to get some of them to be able to do some on-air interviews as well. So we can be able to listen to them that way. Yep. And then uh, Twitter. You can follow us on Twitter. And so we mentioned the official podcast, Twitter, at the 24 podcast. And also we have our personal ones. So mine is at Joshua W. Rivers. And mine mine yeah. is at S-Crop2. That's S-K-R-O-P-P-2. And that's on Twitter as well. Yeah. And so I usually when I'm talking about 24 stuff, I end up using the 24 podcast right. um, account. Um, every once in a while, I, I think about it and I switch the mine so that I can interact as me <laughs> instead of just the official <laughs> But anyway, so uh, so definitely follow us there. Um, and let's see, uh, iTunes. You can go to the 24podcast.com forward slash iTunes. And we'd love to, uh, for you to be able to leave us a rating and a review there. And so we would definitely appreciate that. If you uh, take the time to be able to leave a review for us, we'd love to be able to share that on air as well. And so uh, if you do that, you can uh, let us know, especially if you're not in the U.S. Uh, and you leave a review go ahead and send us an email or a Twitter uh, message or something like that, letting us know so that we can be able to check that out and be able to give you credit. Right. So we definitely want to do that. For and remember, you. hashtag 24 worldwide. Let us know, let oh, us yes. know where you're at and uh, yeah, basically where you're at. And if something else about the show that you like, that'd be awesome. We will retweet it. So definitely. send it to uh, the 24 podcast and SS crop two or at S crop two. My apologies. Yes. 
So anyway, so a lot of good stuff. Uh, if you have any uh, feedback or things, uh, opinions or favorite scenes or anything like that, definitely feel free to send those on to us as um, as well, and we can be able to share those on the uh, podcast. And so definitely looking forward to uh, being able to talk some more about this season as we get into um, some other seasons as well. And so I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to season ah, five, yes. but I know we're not yeah. there yet. I'm looking forward <laughs> to season nine. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that, that That's like the, uh, the cherry on top of right. the ice cream on top, which is, and then the, in between there's all the right. fluff and the all the toppings, and the, the whipped cream. It's and good. Whatnot, yeah. All right. Now it's time to go get some ice cream and have, have a good <laughs> anyway. Week. All right, have a good one.